The following was recorded in front of a live studio audience at the Studio 21 Podcast Cafe. This is the United Podcast Network. The following program is closed captioned for the thinking impaired. By tomorrow, I will rule the world! Get this show on the road, shall we? Just bring me up just a little bit. Hi, how you guys doing? My name's Tom Duggan here with the Paying Attention Podcast. Huh? Hi, atop Two Guys Smoke Shop at the Studio 21 Podcast Cafe. It is a week before the election. We're going to talk a lot about the election stuff. Um, we're going to try and educate people about this election a little bit. We also want to reiterate what I said last week. If you're stupid... If you don't follow politics, if you don't know what a state representative does, if you don't know what a state senator is, please don't vote. <laughs> please, please don't vote. You know, if, if being an uninformed voter is the most dangerous thing that, this, that a free country can have. If you know what you, who your state rep is, if you know what a state senator does, basically, if you know the functions of the presidency, what the president can and can't do, then fine, go out and vote, whoever you vote for, even if you vote completely opposite the way I would vote, please vote. But if you don't, if you don't, then you're making decisions for other people and you don't know what the hell you're doing. So please don't vote. That's all I ask. Um, you know, people are always saying we need more voting. Everyone should vote. Every vote should count. No, 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 no. No. All we hear on CNN all day, every vote should count. Everyone should vote. No, if you're an illegal alien, you shouldn't vote. If you live in New Hampshire, you shouldn't vote in Massachusetts. If you live in Methuen, you shouldn't vote in Lawrence. If you voted late, your vote should not count. If you voted wrong, your vote should not count. When I mean wrong, I mean like you get an absentee ballot, you don't fill it out right, you don't fill out the form right. Your vote shouldn't count. And I'm so tired of hearing about... You know, how everybody needs to vote. Everybody needs to vote. No, everybody doesn't need to vote. Don't vote if you're an idiot, if you're a moron. Or maybe I'm being a little hard on you. Maybe you're not a moron. Maybe you just don't care. You're living your life and you don't pay attention to this stuff. And if that's the case, just stay home. Now, if you're voting for Joe Biden, you should vote by mail. And you could probably drop it in the box maybe on Monday. That'd be fine. <laughs> That'd be all right. Um, we're going to get to some of that stuff. We're going to talk about the presidential race, some of the Senate races, um, what is the Supreme Court, what they do. A lot of people are confused by that. What is court packing, um, as well as um, the Electoral College. We'll go over that a little bit. But first, we've got a guest here. Hi, Kane. Kane is our guest, and uh, he is our new mascot at the Valley Patriot. Unfortunately, Freddie passed away in July. He got the doggy coronavirus, mm. and, um, and so he didn't make it. And we were going to just, uh, I, had, I had this friend, Mark, we were going to just let his dog do it. And I always said, if anything happens to Freddie, he's got a little, dog, a little beagle. Um, but then he just became mental, and, and, and I stopped talking to him. So then, and, and so like a week after that happened, Freddie passed away. And I'm like, well, damn, we had a, we had a, a backup for Freddie, 
Now what do we do? So we had a contest. We put it on Facebook, and we asked for pictures of people's dogs. We got 67 responses. So the editors went through all the responses. They picked their top 10, and we had an election. We had two elections. First one, we whittled it down to five, and then from 10, and then we whittled it down to two, and the winner is Kane. Hi, Kane. How you doing, buddy? Can you speak? Does no? 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 <laughs> so why don't you tell me a little bit about Kane, because he seems a little shy. Okay, sure. So Kane's new to our family. We um, rescued him from Tennessee from imminent danger German Shepherd. And um, my husband, Mike, and I were out. Um, we had lost a dog in February. And I'm sorry, tell people who you are. My first name is Denise, last name is Peasley. Okay. And we went out on the hunt for our new pup. We always rescue, and we were thought about a um, one-and-a-half-year-old dog through imminent danger German Shepherd, and they said, well, what about a puppy? So that's something we hadn't even considered. But um, here we are. We considered the puppy, and we got him a week later. And he's been with us ever since. Yeah, he's a monster now. He is. He is. He was actually the the runt of the litter. He came to us at 35 pounds at three, almost four months. So wow. it's kind of small. Yep. Um, but he was working somewhat at an Alzheimer's unit in Tennessee. So they said that he would be good to take to work. And I can sometimes take him to work, which oh, is kind of cool. That's great. Yeah. So I understand uh, Kane is um, very big on backing the blue, I hear. He is. Yes. Right? Absolutely. We went to Are the... Are we boring you, King? He's heard all this, so he's just bored. <laughs> exactly. Yes, we went to the Back the Blue um, rally in, let's see, Wilmington uh -huh. a couple of months ago. I spoke at that. Yes, you did. I did see you up and I, there. In fact, <laughs> afterwards, when you guys said you were there and I saw the picture of you, I went back and looked at the video, and I went over and patted him. I didn't, oh, even, you did? I didn't even oh, realize no, it. Didn't even realize. So oh, that's funny. Small, yeah. small world. Absolutely. And I also understand he's pretty big on veterans. You guys are going to be making some some visits to some veterans. Absolutely. So Kane would like to. We're a military family. Um, so Kane is going to do some interviews and visit some veterans and bring awareness to veterans issues. Great. Now so. Freddie had a, a little. He just had a tiny little thing. It was Freddie says. We actually got it sponsored by Daily Dose Cafe. And every week he'd say, every month he'd say something fun. Um, like in the middle of, um, and it, it, when springtime happened, I think he said something like, it's time to let your cats outside. Um, <laughs> you know, stuff like that. Um, and, and so he was kind of cute. He was fun. He was funny. But he didn't really want to do any substance. Kane really wants to do substance. He wants to like actually interview people. Yes. And like go visit people and go to nursing homes and stuff. And so I think that's great. I'm happy to, uh, to have a new columnist. A new German Shepherd columnist. Uh, I, I call him Great Kane. That's, oh, what, that's I what I've like been, that. I've sure. been calling him Great Kane, <laughs> right? So, what, is, what does he like to do? What is uh, what is Kane up to these days? Well, he likes to go on woods walks. That's really big for him. And he sits in the pool. He's more of a camper than a, a swimmer, shall okay. we say? All right. And he visits people a lot. We um, we take him with us. Um, in the car a lot. He's pretty well behaved for an 11-month-old. Mm -hmm. He's still a puppy, and he's got maybe an hour at, at night. At the beginning of the election, he was this big. <laughs> yes, he it was, was. It was a three-month election. We went three months, right? He was this big at the beginning. And when you walked in with him, I'm like, that, that must be Kane's dad. Like, who's that? Right? Yeah. Yeah, he did keep growing. I couldn't believe it. Is he going to get bigger? Well, he's about 80 pounds now, so I'm, we're hoping that he stops because I know mm -hmm. I can't pick him up anymore. Okay. So, <laughs> it's funny. So, we had, uh, for about 10 years, we had uh, puppy girl Kate Whitney from Boxford used to write 
about rescuing dogs, about dog rescues. Sure. And so if he runs out of stuff or if it's a slow news month and he, and he doesn't have a veteran to interview or a back to blue thing to, to attend, um, you know, maybe he could talk a little bit about dog rescues. We're pretty big on dog rescues at the Valley Patriot. Oh, absolutely. I volunteer at the Humane Society. I'm oh, a dog doing? walker there. Oh, good. So, um, do you bring Kane with you to come play with the other dogs, or no? He does. No, but does next, he play well with others? Yes, oh, fairly well. But we've been working that we go to dog school, um, like a dog play group, mm-hmm. once a week, mm-hmm. just to keep him socialized because we got him during Corona, so there wasn't too much mm. socialization. Now, was he all on. nervous about Corona? Or he came in without a mask. He did. Right? He's, he's very nervous about Halloween um, things that move. Oh, like spiders, everything's going to therapy later on today. Okay, doggy therapy. Yeah. Very good. <laughs> Listen, if you're working for me, you're going to need therapy at the end, by the time you're done anyway, right? Right, Kane? Does he exactly. speak? Can you speak, Kane? Can you speak? No? No. That's all right. We'll work on it. <laughs> he's still young. It's amazing he's got such a young face, and yet he's so huge. Yes, yes. You know? Absolutely. So... This is great. I'm, we're really excited to have Kane on the show, and we're really excited to have him in the Valley Patriot. And he's so well behaved. I didn't think we'd be able to get him up on the chair. And once we got him there, I didn't think he'd stay. So he's doing pretty good. Yes. You got your bone here. That's your your first pay. Your first pay for uh, <laughs> for coming in. Sounds right? good. And uh, and so we're gonna have him every month. And what was really nice is that um, the other dog that was in second place, Winston. Um, I got an email from Denise saying, um, you know, we really loved Winston and could we find a role for Winston in the paper? We tried to get Winston here today. We couldn't get him because um, that would have been fun to have both dogs. But, um, but we're going to use Winston too. And I think maybe Winston will do the cute little quips like Freddie used to do. And then, and sure. then Kane can have his own. Uh, can, now, is he trained? Is he like a, um, is he like a, uh, has he been trained to do, because I see you get the vest on. Is that just? Absolutely. Um, no, it's just a nice, sturdy vest oh, for okay. a big dog. All right. He's, um, I don't know if he was training to be a service dog or, hey, King. No, hey. no. Hey, buddy. He found something under the table that he I think he really wanted. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, I probably dropped, dropped my hamburger or something down there. Oh, the ears went up when I said hamburger. I don't know if you noticed <laughs> that. Right? So. Yeah. Well, great. It's glad to have you guys on. Now, I'm going to kind of chat about politics and stuff. You guys are free to hang out here if you want. Okay. You can hang out up here. You can hang out down there. Or if you have to go, that's also that, that's fine also. I'll leave it up to you guys. Okay. But um, but we love having Kane. And maybe we'll have him back. Okay. Maybe after like maybe his first or second column, we'll have him come back and talk about his column. Sure. All absolutely. Right? Well, Kane's already decided it's He's time absolutely. to go. He's like, oh, I can, I can go now? All right. That's fine. Well, He's thank like, you so much good. for coming in. You it's guys are pleasure. free to hang out. Thank you. I'd love to hang out great. and listen to what you have to say. Yeah, that's great. Absolutely. We'd love to have you. Do you want this? Or? Um, well, it was good, but I, I had a couple of bites, but I think, I think it's for Kane. That's it for so, now. So that's okay. great. Thank you so much. Thank you. All right. Thank thanks. You. Take care. Feel free to stick around. So that was Kane. We love Kane. And to be honest with you, when we first started, um, I saw the picture of Winston and Kane and Bailey Blue, who came in third. And I, I looked at those three dogs and said, how the hell are we going to make a decision between these three dogs? This All three of them were so great. And um, and then Kane just poured it on. I mean, I think at one point, Winston was ahead by like 100 votes in the second round of, of, uh, of uh, voting. And then all of a sudden, Kane, I don't know if you've got like 3,000 uh, uh, relatives that you shared it to their page or what, but he had uh, he did pretty good. So, listen, we've got an election coming up. Oh, here's Chris. What is Chris doing here? Now I'm afraid. The head of my bash committee is here. That's usually bad news. 
going to go see Eugene later. Um, so we've got an election coming up, and obviously it's on uh, Tuesday. And as I said, if you're voting for Joe Biden, you can vote by mail on Monday. Just drop it in the mailbox on Monday. You'll be all set. Um, everybody's talking about the presidential race. So I wanted to talk about some of the substance being talked surrounding the presidential race. First, there is the idea of packing the court. You know, the Democrats, and when I say the Democrats, please, I get emails on this a lot. Whenever I'm talking about the Democrats, I'm not talking about you guys. I'm not talking about some guy watching this who's registered Democrat. I'm talking about the people who run the party, Nancy Pelosi, the people who are running the party and heading uh, and, and setting up the policies. What are the policy positions of the Democratic Party going to be? Chuck Schumer in the Senate, Nancy Pelosi, and the people who run the party. So please don't send me emails that I'm generalizing all Democrats. I'm not. I'm talking about the, the, the Democrats that are running things. And if you listen to what they're saying, what they want is one-party rule. There's two things that they want to do that they've talked about that has frightened the hell out of me. We've talked about it a little bit on previous programs, um, and I want to I touch on them again today. Um, first, they want to pack the court. Now, what does that mean? We've heard people say pack the court, and then the Democrats go on CNN and they try to... Um, completely muddy the discussion by saying, no, 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 it was Donald Trump who packed the court by, by putting on three judges that are all conservatives. First of all, there's no such thing as a conservative judge. There isn't. There's no such thing as a liberal judge. What we have is we have judges that are strict constructionists, and then we have judges that aren't strict constructionists. So what does that mean? What it means is Judges who look at the Constitution and apply it as written as it was intended when it was written are strict constructionists. If, if there's a, 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 for example, we've got, um, we've got an amendment that says that your right to free press shall not be abridged, right? They can't take away your right to free press. That doesn't change over 250 years, even though now the press is online. We, we didn't have an internet back then. I hear people say that the the Constitution is a living, breathing document. It changes with the times, right? The Democrats, the Democrat Party, believe that the Constitution is a living, breathing document that changes with the time. I've interviewed Elizabeth Warren on this. I've interviewed a number of Democrats on this. They all give the same answer. The because, Tom, we didn't have electricity back then, and how could they have foreseen the Internet? But none of that is relevant. Because you're looking at the elements that go into whether or not something's constitutional or not. If Massachusetts passes a law that abridges my right as a member of the press, I can sue in federal court and say that law is unconstitutional. And it will go to the, hopefully to the Supreme Court, and the Supreme Court will look at the law, look at the Constitution, and then apply it as written. They will look at our case and, what, and see whether or not what Massachusetts did violates the First Amendment or it doesn't violate the First Amendment. Democrats want outcome-based ju judges. They want an outcome-based judiciary. You heard it through the whole Amy Coney Barrett thing, where they kept saying, you're going to take away people's health care. Judges don't take away health care. Judges don't take away anything. You're going to give rights to this group. You're going to give rights. Judges don't give rights. The Constitution guarantees your right, not that, that your right will not be taken away by the government, right? So... The judge, the judge is not going to, judges aren't going to vote whether or not to take away your right to an abortion. What may happen is there may be a court case that comes before the Supreme Court, 
And the Supreme Court may look at that and say, you know, we don't think abortion's constitutional. It's nowhere in the Constitution. In fact, the Constitution itself says that if a specific right is not spelled out in the Constitution, that right is now at the power of the states. The states can decide in their each individual states. So let's take, you know, the big thing is abortion, right? Because the Democrats, they want, they want the right to have abortion on demand up to third grade. If they had their way, it would be maybe even seventh grade, right? But it's not in the Constitution. And Roe versus Wade, which was the Supreme Court ruling, that basically wrote it in the margins of the Constitution. It's not there. They said under Roe versus Wade, the majority said, no, 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 you have a right to an abortion. Well, that's not in the Constitution. Right? Now, if you think it should be a right, petition your fellow citizens, ask your Congress to pass a law making it legal to have an abortion. Constitutional means that right can't be taken away. So right now, you can't take away someone's so-called right to an abortion. A strict constructionist would look at the Constitution and say, abortion's nowhere in here. The word privacy is nowhere in here. We're going to revert this back to the states. A judge that wants to look at the Constitution as a living, breathing document that changes with the times will look at it and say, yeah, but you know, we should have abortions. You know, a woman should have a right to choose. A woman should be able to control her own body. So even though it's not here, we're going to write it in the margins. We're going to make it a constitutional right. That's the difference between constructionist judges, which are usually appointed by Republicans, and judges that think that the Constitution is a living, breathing document. Why is this important? Well, because we have a Second Amendment right to carry, to carry uh, firearms. I carry, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a uh, licensed concealed carry. But you have a lot of Democrats who say, you know, that, doesn't, that shouldn't really apply. You know, times have changed. Back then we had muskets. Today people got AK-47s and Thomas Jefferson never could have foreseen that. So, so maybe, we, maybe it's changed over time. Maybe we can restrict guns. Maybe we can restrict AK-47s. Maybe we can confiscate guns. And to those of you, I say this. You've probably been brainwashed by the media. You've probably been brainwashed by our public education system. But either way, be, you know, Confucius said, be very careful what you ask for, because you might just get it. And if the Constitution is a living, breathing document, and we actually went in that direction, and the majority of the, of the justices believed it was a living, breathing document, they could just kind of change it as, it as they felt like it. Well, we've got a constitutional amendment to the Constitution outlawing slavery, don't we? What happens if 20 years from now, the country takes a hard right turn? And we decide, you know, slavery isn't what it used to be. We have all this new technology that the founders couldn't have foreseen. So maybe slavery, maybe, maybe, maybe the Constitution doesn't mean slavery is illegal. Maybe, maybe, it does, maybe it means we, we, sh we could have slaves. Women, women got the right to vote, right? Maybe, maybe 20 years from now, that could change. So be very careful what you look for. And what the Democrats are doing now, they're looking at the makeup of the court, and you've got four strict constructionists on the court. That means they're not going to be playing politics with their Supreme Court rulings. If, a, if, a, if Nevada decides tomorrow to ban all guns, someone will sue Nevada. They'll sue the state. It'll go to the Supreme Court. And hopefully, at least four of them will say, no, 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 we have a Second Amendment. The Second Amendment says you have the right to bear arms. We're going to nullify this law and rule it unconstitutional. And even if you're not a gun person, even if you don't like guns, even if you think people shouldn't have guns, we have to go by what the law says. 
And all of our laws derive from the Constitution. So if the Constitution's a living, breathing document, well, all of our laws become living and breathing too, right? I mean, if we have laws against rape, that, that could change. Maybe 20 years from now, that maybe that won't mean you can't rape anybody. Maybe it won't mean you can't kill people. Maybe it won't mean you can't steal from them. And what the Democrats want to do is they, they see that, the, that the, the court is heading in a direction where no more legislating from the bench. No more writing in the margins of, okay, and abortion. And they're going to rule on the Constitution as written and as intended. So the Democrats said, oh, well, if we get the House and we get the Senate and we get the White House, we'll just add, we'll see, what are we down? Three, it's four to three? We'll add three more judges and we'll appoint three judges that are those that be, of the elk that believe that it's a living, breathing document that gays should have special rights and blacks should have special rights and Eskimos should have special rights and American Indians should have special rights. And that's not what the Constitution's all about. So whenever you hear about this court packing, it's not about, it's not about appointing judges. It's about adding judges. Court packing is about adding judges. And you would only want to add judges if you're not getting the result that you want. I don't want Amy Coney Barrett... And at a, at a, a hearing, before she gets confirmed, sitting there saying, even though I'm, I'm pro-life, I don't want her sitting there saying, no, I think, I think Roe versus Wade's unconstitutional and I'm going to overturn it if I'm elected, if I'm appointed. I want someone who's going to go in and say, I'm not even going to consider that until a case comes before me. I'm going to look at the facts of that case and then I'm going to apply the Constitution as written, as intended. It's very scary that if, that if Joe Biden wins and the Democrats take over the Senate, that our Constitution, that, that they'll pack the court and our Constitution just won't mean what it means anymore. It means what it says, and it says what it means. And you don't need a constitutional convention. I'm sorry, you don't need a constitutional ruling from a judge. If you want abortion... In Massachusetts, you go to your state legislature and you say, hey, I think we should have abortion. Can we make abortion legal in Massachusetts? And it's legal if they, if they pass it, right? You don't need a constitution for that. Okay, the second thing. Um, where am I? We had the Supreme Court. Oh, um, packing judges. What was the other one? Oh, the Electoral College. So I've heard Elizabeth Warren say this. I've heard Bernie Sanders say this. I've heard Kamala Harris say this that we should do away with the electoral college. It's a very complicated thing. So I'm going to try and make it as simple as I can for those of you who don't know what the electoral college is or why it's important. Because it sounds really good when you flip on CNN and they say, you know, Hillary Clinton won the popular vote. She should be the president. This is a democracy. Well, newsflash. They probably didn't teach you this in public school. We're not a democracy. We're a constitutional republic. We are not a democracy. If we were a democracy, minorities would have no rights. That's the difference between a constitutional republic and a democracy. In a democracy, if you're in the minority, you have no rights. The majority always wins. Slavery would have remained slavery. We never would have gotten rid of slavery if we had a democracy. Because way back when, during the Civil War, the majority of the people lived in the South, and the majority of the people were for slavery. <sighs> Lost my place, Sam. What was I talking about? College. Electoral college. Thank you. So how does it work? So if, if the person with the most votes doesn't win, how does it work? Every state has two senators. 
And every state has congressmen based on how many people live in that state. So if you have more people in a small state, let's say there's 20 million more people in Delaware than there is in Vermont, Delaware is going to get more electors. So you add the number of senators to the number of congressmen, and that's how many electoral votes that state will get in the electoral college. So Massachusetts is going to go for Joe Biden. We've got two senators. I forget how many congressmen we have. I'll just guess off the top of my head to make it fun. Well, let's say we have eight congressmen. That means Joe Biden's going to get 10 electors at the Electoral College. At the end of the election, when each state is decided, the number of electors will get together sometime before January, and they will take an official vote based on how their state chose the president. Here's why that's important. If you don't have that, and the, the framers were brilliant. If you don't have an electoral college, New York, California, and Florida will decide every election. If you live in Vermont, if you live in Nebraska, if you live in Wyoming, if you live in Georgia, it's not going to matter. Because by popular vote, most people live on the coasts. And the majority of people live in California and New York and Florida. And that's going to far offset the five people that live in Wyoming and the nine people that live in Montana. So we need an electoral college because you don't want the minority to have no rights. It's, what's interesting is I heard the Democrats through the 60s and 70s, they, all they cared about was the minority, that the minority needs to have a vote. And now they're saying they don't want the minorities to have a vote. Now what they're saying is do away with the electoral college, bad enough, and let's pack the court. This stops becoming America if those two things happen. Forget everything else. Forget health care, forget taxes, forget the border, forget the border wall, forget China, forget Iran, forget Israel, forget all of that stuff. If those two things happen, we stop being America. We start to become something else. We start to become one-party rule. When one party can control all three branches of government and use it for political power, what you have is, there's a word for it, it starts with a C, Communism. That's the word we're looking for. You look at communist China, you look at communist Russia, there's one party, the Communist Party. That's it. And it doesn't work. It's like libertarianism. It looks good on paper. Communism looks great on paper. Socialism looks even better on paper. But when you factor in the human element, when you factor in that you're going to have human beings and that people suck, people lie, People do bad things. People have bad motives. When you factor in the human element, communism's not all that great. And socialism's not all that great. We've had a two-party system in this country for 214 or 16 years. We're the greatest country in the history of mankind. We're the most wealthy country in the history of mankind. And we are the most free country in the history of mankind. I was having an interesting conversation with one of my liberal friends yesterday. And I said, do you know that he keeps saying we should be more like Western Europe? A lot, of, a lot of brainwashed young people today who went to college think we should be more like Western Europe. We should be more like England. We should be more like Great Britain. So I asked him if he knew anything about Great Britain. And of course, he didn't, because he's only going by what, he, what he's been told, like most people. In Great Britain, you can go to jail for what you post on Facebook. There's no First Amendment. If you get up and give a political speech and say, I disagree with gay marriage, five years in prison. If you go on Facebook and say, I think we have too many Muslim immigrants coming into our country right now, and you don't even disparage them. You just think that there's too many. You can go to prison for that. 
There's no Second Amendment. If you get caught carrying a gun, you go to prison for that. In fact, not only do they not have guns in Britain, they're now instituting knife control. We talk about gun control. Now they're instituting knife control. If you're caught with a knife, you can go to prison. Where does that end? It only ends in one place, communism. That's where they're headed. I don't want to be England. I don't want to be Germany. I don't want to be Spain. I want to be Poland. I want to be the United States. Poland's got it right. Lower taxes, more freedom. That's the way to go. And in, in England and most of Western Europe, they have these hate crimes laws. We're, it's quickly heading that way here. The Democrat Party is pushing for more hate crimes laws. So if I beat up a black guy because he slept with my wife, that's okay. But if I beat up a black guy because I don't like him because he's black, that's a federal crime. I can go to prison for that. Federal crime. Do federal time. But I still beat him up. The action is still the same. The motivation shouldn't matter. I converted to Judaism 22 years ago. I, I hear people attacking Jews all the time. Usually Democrats, by the way. But I hear them attacking Jews all the time. I see all this white supremacist stuff all the time online. Should that be against the law? No, it shouldn't be against the law. Here's what Europe got wrong and we got right, which is, again, why we're the greatest country in, in the history of mankind. In England, in Germany, in most of Western Europe, if you are a white supremacist, if you're a neo-Nazi, and you say it out loud, you go to prison. So what happens? It drives them underground, and it allows them to get together in secret and plot terrorist plots, plot assaults on gays, assaults on blacks, assaults on Jews. In this country, people are free to say that they're a neo-Nazi and they hate the Jews. And that's a good thing. It sounds bad, but it's not. The Democrats want to stop dangerous speech. We heard them yesterday during those hearings when F Facebook and Twitter CEOs came in. They want to stop dangerous speech. No, you don't stop dangerous speech. You allow dangerous speech so we know who the morons are amongst us. I want to know if some one of my friends on Facebook hates black people or hates Jews or is a neo-Nazi. Let him say what he wants. Don't stifle it. Don't censor it. I want to know who they are so I can choose not to do business with them. I can choose not to be their friend if I want to. I can choose not to hang out with them. I can choose to out them if I want. That's what this country is all about. And because, because Western Europe has gone the other way, they've gone the way of censorship, neo-Nazi and white supremacist groups are thriving in Western Europe. They're thriving. And it's coming back. You know, we haven't learned from World War II. We're headed back in that direction because we just haven't learned. I'm not that old. In seventh grade, I remember learning about the Holocaust. Today in seventh grade, they're learning about global warming and transgender bathrooms. That's what they're learning. They're not learning about the Constitution. They're not learning about... They can't read a traditional clock. They can't balance a friggin' checkbook. And I know because they come to my office all the time looking for a job. I never used to give people an application, Right? I mean, you work for me. If I like you, you can work here. And then I started having these kids, they'd come, they'd work for me, they'd last a couple of days, and then they'd be gone, and I'd never hear from them again. So I started asking kids to come looking for a job to fill out an application. And quite frankly, I don't care what they put on their application, because I'm not actually reading their application for content. I'm looking to see, did they spell things right? Did they put commas in the right place? Is every word capitalized? My God, if I have another kid come and fill out an application and capitalize every single word, I'm going to put a gun to my head and shoot myself. For those of you on Facebook, I'm only kidding. I'm not actually going to shoot myself. Um, 
But it's so infuriating because they know all about transgender bathrooms. When I ask them, what are the three things that the First Amendment to the Constitution guarantees? They don't have an answer. They get the free speech part right, and then after that, they stumble. But they know all about global warming. They know all about abortion. They know all about gay marriage. They they know all about anyone who disagrees with me is a neo-Nazi. This is the culture that we have coming up now, and it's frightening. And it's got to stop now. If it doesn't stop now, we're in big trouble as a country. Um, I don't remember who said it uh, when they finished signing the, dec- the uh, Constitution. Someone said, um, what, did you guys, what did you guys finally end up um, doing in there? And he said, we have, a, we have a constitutional republic if you can keep it. We've kept it for 214 or 16 years. We're really, really, truly, literally on the brink of losing it. I mean, it's just, it's just what it is. How much time we got? No, I'm still doing okay. Is that real? 32? No kidding. No, maybe we'll cut, the, cut, the, cut it short today. Um, in New Hampshire, you've got a big Senate race in New Hampshire. And I'm torn. I got to be honest with you. Uh, yes, I'm a right-wing guy. Yes, I'm, 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 I'm not a Republican, but I am far, far right as you can get. But I love Gene Shaheen. And I gotta, I, it's hard. It's hard for me because if I lived in New Hampshire, I don't know how I would vote on this race. I love Jean Jean. She helps the homeless. She's excellent at constituent services. I know several Republicans who live in Wyndham, who live in Londonderry, who love, they're as hardcore Republican, hardcore conservatives as I am. And they love Jean Shaheen. She's responsive. She meets with people even if they don't agree with her. And they love her. On the other hand, she voted to impeach my president. She voted to overturn a duly elected president. She voted to negate my vote. And I'm having a hard time with that. I'm having a really hard time with it because I, I, I really had planned on coming in on the week before the election. Like a month ago, we were putting everything together. And I said, the week before the election, I'm going to come in. I'm going to endorse Gene Shaheen. And then I look at what the Senate Democrats are talking about packing the court. She's going to go along with that. Doing away with the Electoral College. She's going to go along with that, too. And maybe if Donald Trump gets reelected, they're going to try and impeach him again. She's going to go along with that, too. So I'm really, really torn on, in New Hampshire. If you're a New Hampshire voter, you know, please email me. Tell, me. tell me who you're voting for and why you're voting for. If you're online, please tell me who you're voting for and why. Um, because quite frankly, I, I, don't, I, might even, I might even have to leave it blank if I lived in New Hampshire. I don't, thank God. I don't have to make the decision. But I'd like to be able to, I really wanted to support Gene Shaheen, first because she's a Democrat. And I actually really like supporting Democrats because it makes people pay attention. They go, wait a minute, Duggan's a right-wing lunatic, and he's supporting a Democrat? Like, what's that all about? And it makes them think about why I'm saying what I'm saying. It makes them actually take another look at the candidate. And I love that. So I really wanted to come in and endorse Jean Shaheen. She does an awful lot for the homeless. She has met with uh, the people who run Isaiah 51, I think it's called, Um, she, she has worked well with Carrie at House of Mercy in Massachusetts, even though she's the New Hampshire, st- New Hampshire senator. We get nothing from our senators. Markey couldn't give two shits about the homeless people in Lawrence. Elizabeth Warren couldn't give two shits about the homeless people in Lawrence. Jean Shaheen, who's not even from Massachusetts, gives a shit. She actually helps. But then I think about all the destructive things at the national level that she has gone along with, and it just, it, it great. So I don't know. I honestly, I, I, I think if someone put a gun to my head and said, you have to make a choice, I'd, I'd probably endorse Corky Mesner. But I don't know. I just, I don't. And I have to tell you, I'm, I'm also now undecided on something we talked about two weeks ago, Ben. In Massachusetts, we've got right to repair is question one. 
And we came in and I talked about how I thought right to repair was the right way to go. And then the Boston Globe endorsed it. And anytime the Boston Globe and I are on the same side, it makes me rethink my position. And I started looking at some of the liberal Democrats in Massachusetts that are pushing it. And I thought, we might be getting tricked here because it's very, very rare in Massachusetts where the left and the right are all on the same side. Whenever the left and the right in Massachusetts or in any state are all on the same side, that's when you need to worry. Like, that's when you need to step back and go, hold on a minute. Maybe I need to rethink this. And so I started um, watching all the commercials on Right to Repair. They both say the exact opposites. I don't know who's right and who's lying. So I might have to leave it blank. I might have to leave it blank. Unless you can convince me. Now on two, I'm definitely voting no. We don't need ranked choice voting. For 215 years, we've heard politicians say one man, one vote. We've heard the Supreme Court say one man, one vote. Now it's one man, 36 votes. How does that work? You know, it's funny. You, you, you put on MSNBC or CBS or CNN, and they talk about how hard it is to vote. It's so hard. Voter suppression, it's so hard to vote. We have to, right? They always say, we have to make it easier to vote. Well, how is race choice voting making it easier to vote? Like, if I vote for the guy who's the Democrat, and he gets the most votes, he wins. That's not too hard to understand. Like, I get that. I'm not a bright guy, and that's pretty simple. So I get it. Ranked choice voting, you put a one for the guy you want to win the most, but if he doesn't get enough votes, then it goes to the guy who's number two. That's just crazy talk. That's just nuts. You know what I call that? I call that Democrat math, right? They, they, don't, they don't want just the person who gets the most votes to win. They've got to convolute it so much so that if the person they don't want to win gets the most votes, but he doesn't get 50% of the vote, then they give it to the other guy. So let's say you get three people. So you get three people on the ballot, the Democrat, the Republican, and an independent or a libertarian. Well, the Democrats all put a one under the Democrat candidate's name, and the Republicans put a one next to all the Republican candidates' names. But the Republicans aren't going to put a two next to the Democrat because they hate each other. And the Democrats aren't going to put a two next to the Republican because they hate each other. So they're both going to put the libertarian down as their second choice. So you know who wins? The guy who got the least votes ends up winning. Why does that help? How does that help? How is that democracy? It's not. All it does is it convolutes the process, makes it more difficult for people to understand, and makes it more difficult to really get somebody who's going to represent their district, especially when the guy with 10% of the vote ends up winning. That's not democracy. That's not a constitutional republic. We've got some state rep races um, in Massachusetts. I know that um, Linda Campbell, I think, has... No um, opposition. I know Christina Minacucci was here. She has no opposition. Um, but a guy who does have a lot of opposition is our good friend, uh, Lenny Mira, who was here last week. Lenny's been a state rep now for, I think, 12 years, maybe a little bit more. And he's very moderate. I mean, he's a Republican. He's got an R next to his name. So he's in trouble. Because the Ds are going to come out in droves. They're going to go D straight down the ticket. And they're going to come out in droves in Massachusetts, which... Makes no sense to me because Massachusetts is going to go to Biden no matter what, right? I mean, we're a communist state. We accept that we're a communist state. We know that we're a one-party state, and we know we know how they're going to vote. But they're so angry. The Democrats are so angry, and it's really kind of sad. Um, I actually lost one advertiser over the last five years over politics. Um, 
just couldn't stand the fact that I had a different political opinion than he did. So he pulled his ads. And I, I said, it's really interesting because I'm sending you business. And I don't agree with your politics either. But we're doing business together. I'm sending you business. And, and he pulled his ads. And, and I look at all the, the, the anger and, and the histrionics and the outrage. And it's not because Donald Trump is a Nazi. By the way, if Donald Trump was a Nazi, the people calling him a Nazi would all be dead. Just to let you know, the difference between a real Nazi and not a real Nazi, if he was a real Nazi calling him a Nazi, you'd be dead. Somebody would kill you. But it's not because Donald Trump's an evil person. It's not that he kicks puppies. It's that CNN has convinced people that he's a Nazi, an evil person who kicks puppies. It's that MSNBC and CNN and, and, and NBC and CBS and CNBC and the Boston Globe and the New York Times and the Washington Post and the LA Times right down the line are no longer journalists. They're just not. And the proof is a brand new story just came out about Joe Biden's business dealings. It seems a little complicated to me. And I don't think it's going to move the needle one way or the other on the election. But it is a real story. The guy has real documents that Joe Biden was taking bribes. Again, it's not going to matter. He's, he's either going to win or lose based on other stuff. But it is a story. And when Facebook and Twitter and LinkedIn and the Boston Globe and all the cable news channels, all of them, except for Fox, and by the way, One American Network's doing tremendous work on the story. But when you have 99% of the, of the media have a blackout on a story, do we really have a free press? I'm not too sure we do anymore. I'm not too sure we do. Because as soon as Tucker Carlson comes out with his one-hour interview with the guy that was supposed to be Joe Biden's business partner, they attacked him as a white supremacist. Oh, yeah, he's evil. He kicks puppies, too. He's a Nazi, too. And this is what the brown shirts did during, during Nazi Germany. The brown shirts were people that went out and disrupted anybody and talked over anybody and shouted down anybody that talked about unapproved opinions. If a bunch of people got together and said, why are they treating the Jews so bad? The brown shirts would show up kind of like Kenosha, Wisconsin, or Philadelphia two nights ago, or Atlanta, or Baltimore, and they would break things and hurt people until they, until they sunk it into the consciousness of the average person that there are things you're allowed to say and things that you're not allowed to say. That's not freedom. That's not democracy. That's not a constitutional republic. But here we are. Here we are. All right. I really wanted to talk about the... Um, Ben, I really wanted to get to the, um, the riots in Philly and what caused it, but the hate mail is already coming in and I haven't even talked about it. Like I, I, I'm, reading my hate, I'm reading my mail this morning, I'm reading my hate mail, and they're going on, and I got like at least five emails from people excoriating me over the Philadelphia shooting, the police officer that shot somebody, and haven't even weighed in on it yet. And I was like, so what do I do? Well, I guess even my enemies know what I'm going to say, so I guess there's no, no need to even address it, right? But, but I mean, I'll give you this. A guy who was mentally ill, I guess, supposedly, like it matters, because it doesn't matter to me, had a knife, charged the cops, the cops shot him, the cops killed him. End of story. Let's all go out for donuts. Like, I don't understand. Why is, there, why is there a riot over that? Oh, wait, I forgot. The guy that got shot was black. So if a black person charges a cop with a knife, the cops are supposed to let him stab them. If a black person commits a crime, the cops are not allowed to arrest them. This is what the Democrats want. They even say it out loud. So don't send me emails saying I'm making stuff up. They say it out loud. 
that because of 400 years of oppression and slavery and lack of civil rights and all this stuff from like 100 years ago that dead people did long before I was born, I now somehow am supposed to be responsible for, and you somehow are supposed to be responsible for. What's amazing is that we're all supposed to be responsible for what happened five generations ago, but the people rioting and looting and burning things down aren't responsible for what they're doing today. If you listen to the Democrats, anyway, if you watch CNN. I watch CNN every day. I, watch, I get up in the morning and I, I put on CNN. Well, actually, I usually get up in the afternoon, Chris. You're right. I'm sorry. When I get up, I put on CNN, and if I'm in the office all day, it stays on CNN all day until Tucker. Tucker comes on, I watch Tucker, I go right back to CNN and Don Lemon. Uh, last night it was Chris Cuomo, the night before that it was Anderson Cooper, they're moving the times around. But I could give you the whole CNN lineup, I watch it all day. And they just lie all fucking day. All day, every day, it's one lie after another lie after another lie. And I could spend two hours just going through the last week of lies that they've told. And I'm just so tired of it. But... It's up to us. It's up to us to look on the internet and try and find the information. The problem is that big tech is censoring. So what do we have left? Really, we have the Valley Patriot. We've got small local news outlets that can give you the real information. I always say, if you're not sure if the national narrative is full of shit or not, always look at the local level and see if what they're saying at the national level applies at the local level. And if they don't, then you know they're full of shit. You know, for example, just, and we've talked about this a couple of times, um, they say that voter ID is racist, that poor people can't get a voter ID, and since most poor people are, are minorities, which, by the way, I don't believe, but let's just pretend it's true. Since most, most poor people are minorities, it, it disproportionately affects minorities, and minorities can't afford a voter ID, so it's racist. Then we had an election in Lawrence for the Dominican Republic's president. Now, think about this. In Lawrence, if you're a Dominican citizen, you can vote in Lawrence for the president of the Dominican Republic when the Dominican elections come around. So my friend Giovanni Rodriguez is on the city council in, in Lawrence, and he called me up one day and said, you got to come down and see this. You're not going to believe what's going on. I go down to the old Lawrence High School on Haverhill Street, and the line is out the door, literally around the entire block. And if you've seen the old Lawrence High School, it's a big block. There were literally at least 1,000, 2,000 people standing in line all the way around the block. But you know what? They all had a fucking voter ID in their hand. Because in the backwards country of the Dominican Republic, where people are living in houses with no running water and no electricity, people are living up, uh, up in the mountains whose kids have never been in a classroom. It's a very, and it's not an insult, it's just what it is. That's why they come here, right? It's a, it's a backwards, as Donald Trump would say, shithole country. Again, which is why they come here. They have a system in the Dominican Republic that's better than ours. What's funny is Lawrence is the poorest community in New England, and Dominicans are the poorest population in the poorest community in New England, and every single person had a voter ID in their hand waiting to vote, except the lady in front of me. So we stand for three hours, we get all the way to the beginning, I'm interviewing people, I'm videotaping, and the lady in front of me gets there and she says, I don't have an ID. So the guy she's talking to says, no problem. He takes his laptop and he flips it around and says, put your thumb on the screen. She puts her thumb on the screen, a bunch of things come up, and it has her name and her address in, the America, in America, her family name and address in the Dominican Republic, and her voting record, how many times she's voted in, in previous elections. They print her an ID right there. 
They hand her her ID. They hand her a ballot. She goes and she votes. This is all in front of me. And I wrote a story about it. We videotaped it. It's all online. She comes out after voting. She hands them the ballot. It goes in the machine. She dips her finger in ink. And now it's there for 24 straight hours. She can't vote anywhere else. In America, that's all racist. Wait a minute, wait a minute. It's racist in America to ask for an ID at the old Lawrence High School on Haverhill Street when we're voting for president, but it's not racist at, at the old Lawrence High School on Haverhill Street when Dominicans are voting for Dominican president? So they started doing research after I wrote that story. I think it was about four years ago. Mexico has a voter ID. Well, how can that be? They must be racist against Mexicans. The Mexicans must hate themselves. Puerto Rico has voter ID. They must hate themselves too. Maybe this is what's wrong with the third world. They all hate themselves. They're all racist against their own people, I guess. Maybe if you listen to the Democrats. And again, if you're a Democrat, I'm not talking about you. I'm talking about people who are running the party. The people who, who put together the platform for what their party is going to represent and what legislation they're going to push forward. They don't want voter ID, but if you went to the Democrat National Convention... You needed a voter ID to get in. In fact, if you went to the Democrat Party's Issues Convention, which most people don't even know exist, they have an Issues Convention every year, where they all get together and decide what their platform is going to be. We went and we videotaped it. It was at Lowell Auditorium one year when I was at WCAP. We videotaped it. It was fucking hilarious. Because I'm sitting way up in the press booth and you look down and it's a bunch of white men. Like, I couldn't find one black person in the entire crowd, but this is the party that cries about diversity. Like, uh, diversity is our strength. Neil Perry was here the other day because he's, he's naive. He's, he's a good guy. But he doesn't get the national politics because he doesn't follow it. He said, diversity is our strength. I said, where's your evidence? Do you have evidence for that? Most people have no evidence for that because they've never actually thought about it. They hear other people say it and it sounds good. Diversity is our strength. Diversity is what gives us our strength in America. Well, I don't know. Japan's pretty strong, right? They got no diversity there. China's even stronger than we are, and there's no diversity there. In fact, China's the most racist country in the planet. You ever see a black person in China? I don't think I've ever seen that. You ever see a Latino in China? I don't think I've ever seen that either. In fact, you don't even really see very many white people in China unless they're Americans going there to do business and sell us out. What else do we have there? Uh, all right, so we're back up to the 50 mark here. Uh, we did packing the court. We did originalism. Let's see. I'm going to go through my list. Uh, we did uh, Shaheen versus Corky. Yeah, I guess we got to vote for Corky Mesner. I mean, y you have to worry if, if, if Biden wins, but he's got a Republican Senate, we can stop the damage. We can stop the court packing. We can stop them to overturning the Electoral College. We can stop a lot of stuff. And I'm, I'm going to make my prediction here. I, I was, by the way, in full disclosure, I've been wrong about every national prediction I've ever done in the entire history of my life. I predicted John McCain was going to win. I predicted Bob Dole was going to win. I've been wrong. And I'm hoping I'm wrong again. But I think Joe Biden's got it. And my head says, my heart says it's, it's Trump. Because we're looking at the excitement on the ground. We're looking at 30,000 people showing up in Omaha to see the president speak. And then you look and you see Joe Biden's got nine people and they're all hiding in their cars because they think COVID's going to get them, right? It really, is the most, it really is the most stark contrast between strength and patheticness, right? One guy wants to be nice to China and, and give them whatever they want. And the other guy wants to punch China in the nose, right? 
One guy has rallies with 35,000 people. The other guy, everybody's hiding in their car because they might get COVID. Run, COVID's going to get you, run. But I think that the, here's the thing. It's hard for me to believe Donald Trump can pull this off because I don't want to be let down. And it was the same thing last time. I, I actually did not believe he had a chance. And I'm, and I'm not too sure he's got a chance this time either. Think about everything he's got going. If he wins this, this will be the most monumental win in human history. Because he's going against the Democrat Party, big tech, which is Twitter, Facebook, LinkedIn, Google, all of that. Hollywood, the news media, China, Iran, Russia. This guy's literally got every single entity on the planet against him. The fact that he's even close blows my mind. Like when they said uh, Biden's up 17% the other day, that bogus poll they ran in, in, in Wisconsin, I thought, yeah, that's more like it. That reflects the fact that you have people who are consuming Hollywood and the news and listening to all this other propaganda bullshit that Donald Trump's a Nazi and that he, he, doesn't, he won't um, condemn white supremacy, which is all just a lie. Time after time after time after time, he said, I condemn, I disavow. I, they, they, they wanted us all to take blood libels, uh, blood, uh, blood oaths, right? Well, do you condemn? Do you condemn? Do you condemn? Do you condemn? How come you won't condemn? And he says, I've condemned it 35 fucking times. So now the poor guy, when he goes to his rallies, he's got to have something on the big screen and have like a montage of the 3,700 times he has disavowed the Ku Klux Klan and white supremacists. Anyways, I'm off on a, I'm off on a tangent. We've got what about seven minutes? I was, I was going to try to run out the clock, but really, why bother at this point? Right? We've got everything. <laughs> Just ended early. All right. So, um, you're going to vote on election day. Please vote if you're an informed voter. If you're not an informed voter, please don't vote. Or if you want to vote for president, vote for president, leave the rest blank. Because if you don't know who your senator is, don't vote for Senate. If you don't know who your state rep is, don't vote for state rep. Um, I, I, I will end the show with who I am supporting. Because I get a lot of emails from people saying, I'm not sure in this race. What do you think? Um, I can tell you I'm voting for a couple of Democrats, for sure. Um, I'm voting for Diana DiZoglio, my state senator. She's a phenomenal state senator. Would be nice if she was a little more transparent. Yep. Would it be nice if she voted a little bit more the way I wanted her to? Yep. Sure would. Um, and, and, and those fights are monumental when we're at Salvatore's and we start talking about some of the votes she's taken. But I am voting for, I'm also voting for, and I want to encourage everybody that lives in Massachusetts to vote for state auditor Suzanne Bump. Um, yes, she's a left-wing lunatic. Yes, she's for abortion on demand up to seventh grade. Yes, she's for doing away with the electoral college. She's for all the wacky left-wing communist lunatic things that the rest of the Democrats are for. However, she's a friggin' auditor. So her position on abortion doesn't matter. She's not, she doesn't have anything to do with abortions. She has nothing to do with the death penalty. She has nothing to do with tax policy. As an auditor, she does a great job. And, I can t and I'd love to have her on the show at some point, maybe after the election, she, as a Democrat, has been able to do as a state auditor what, most, what no Republican would be able to do in that job. She went after fraud in the welfare department and then got attacked by Deval Patrick when he, was pro, when he was governor. And he said, she's lying. She's just saying this to make us look bad. Because to the Democrats in power, they always want to hide fraud in the welfare department because then they know that people are going to want to cut welfare because of all the fraud. And all of, their all of their friends get jobs in the welfare department, which is why they're always looking to expand welfare. They don't care if you actually get benefits. They want to make sure their friends get jobs, people that donated to their campaigns. 
So after Deval Patrick went on the front page of the Boston Globe and attacked uh, uh, Suzanne Bump for finding fraud in the welfare department, millions, $1.5 million walked out of the Lawrence office with no accountability. $1.5 million just walked out the door with no accountability. And by the way, that was three years ago, no one's gone to jail. But if not for Suzanne Bump, we wouldn't know about it. So after Deval Patrick attacked her and called her a liar, she went out and she hired an independent audit to redo the audit that she did, and they found $3.8 million more in fraud than what she had originally found. She originally found like eight, and it turned out to be a lot more. So that's somebody that I want representing me, someone that's going to buck her party and do what she thinks is right. She's doing it. We've, we've talked about this a number of times with her. She's doing it because she feels the way I do, even though I'm a right-wing lunatic. She's a left-wing lunatic. Right? If you, have, if you have a kid in Lawrence right now who's not getting home heating assistance and he's going to bed cold at night in the middle of February because there wasn't enough money in home heating assistance, it's because somebody out there was stealing money from the home heating assistance program and that kid's going to bed cold at night. Or maybe they're not getting their WIC checks because there isn't enough money for it. You get rid of the fraud and you could... I'm not, listen, take that money that we found was being fraudulently given to people... First, put the people in prison. Second, take that money and find the people that you couldn't service because you didn't have enough money when they first applied. I'm all for that. So Suzanne looks at this as though the more fraud we find, the more poor people we can help. Now, I would prefer she takes the money and just, I don't know, give it back to the public, give it back to the taxpayers. That would be my... But at least the money's going to go from going to people who are stealing it to people that actually do need it. And I admire that in her. Um, um, who are the other Democrats that I'm going to support? We talked about Gene Shaheen. Um, I am torn on my state representative, Christina Minacucci. I think I'm going to vote for her. Um, she doesn't have an opponent, so I might leave it blank just to kind of leave that open for somebody to run next time around. Linda Campbell has no opponent. Uh, Frank Moran in Lawrence, I believe, has an opponent. We always support Frank Moran. Um, and obviously, I'm voting for, for Donald Trump. Although I really gave some thought to not voting for Donald Trump because in Massachusetts, it doesn't matter. Biden's going to win. He's going to get all the electors. So I was thinking maybe writing in Bernie Sanders just to screw with them. You know, for enough people, if you're not sure, if you're in New Hampshire and you're not, and you, you're not happy with Trump, but you're afraid of Joe Biden, write in Bernie Sanders, right? Send a message to the Democrat Party that they screwed it up. They literally stole this nomination from Bernie Sanders. And I'm not a Bernie guy. I, I agree with him on trade. I agree with him on some things. But he's a devout communist. But that's where the Democrat Party is. That's where the base of the Democrat Party is today. That's where the power of the Democrat Party is today. You hear a lot more from Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez than you hear about from Nancy Pelosi. You hear an awful lot more from Bernie Sanders than you hear from Chuck Schumer. The left-wing lunatics are running the Democrat Party. So if you live in New Hampshire, if you live in Massachusetts, you're not sure, maybe you're between Biden and leaving it blank, maybe between Trump and leaving it blank, just write in Bernie Sanders and send a message that you don't like the fact that Bernie Sanders was screwed by the Democrat Party. Every time a Democrat, a brainwashed Democrat, hears me call it the Democrat Party, they've obviously, they, 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 they're, they're completely brainwashed when they go, it's the Democratic Party. Yeah, Really? Tell that to Bernie Sanders. Twice he had the nomination stolen from him with super electors and packing the, packing the vote and everything else. I don't know. I just, I, 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 I'm really worried. I'm going to leave you with this. I'm really worried. 
I'm worried that Biden's going to win. I'm I'm worried even more that the Democrats are going to take the Senate. If Trump wins, but we lose the Senate, Trump loses. Because if Trump wins and we lose the Senate, they will impeach him and they will remove him. Period. They will. They'll do it. And that means this whole election will mean nothing. So if you're voting for Trump, again, as much as I'd like to support Gene Shaheen in in New Hampshire, and I really, really do, I I think I have to support Cookie Mesner because I'm worried that she's going to remove my president and take away my vote. And you should all be worried about that. The Democrats in D.C. have already shown that they're willing to undo the last election based on a phone call. Just a phone call. Before that, they wanted to impeach him for something else. Before that, they wanted to impeach him for something else. And then just within the last three weeks, they were talking about impeaching him again before the election. Before they realized, like, oh, that's going to cost Joe Biden votes. We probably shouldn't do that. Vote Republican for the Senate. And even if you're not going to vote for Donald Trump, please vote for Republican for the Senate. I feel really bad for the guy running against Markey in Massachusetts. I can't even remember his name. I think it's O'Brien. The guy's got no shot. He's got no shot at all. But Corky Mesner does in New Hampshire. So I will leave you with that. Uh, let's get to our sponsors, which we probably should have talked about earlier. And then we'll roll that up for you, uh, Ben. Thank Kane for being here. Kane did a great job. Loved having Kane. He's awesome. And we'll have him back again. Uh, I want to thank our sponsors, McLennan Real Estate. Go see Sam or uh, Janet or Matt at uh, McLennan Real Estate. Uh, they also help our, uh, our efforts every Wednesday night at the TMF Family Dinner for the Homeless. They will just randomly show up with food open up a truck, and just start serving food to people, which is awesome. And they always say, don't take my picture, don't put it on Facebook. So we want to thank them. AFC Urgent Care, we love Lisa Williams and her husband at AFC Urgent Care. Go get your COVID test. You go online, you sign up, they give you a time, you drive up with your car, they test you through your car window, you go home, and within 24 hours, they call you and they tell you whether you got it or not. Uh, Marsan and Son Construction, I think... We're going to try and get Ronnie on the show within the next two weeks because next year, you know, once this whole election's over, folks, you can roll that if you want. Uh, once this election's over, people immediately start talking about next year's election. They immediately start thinking about next year's elections. You've got a Methuen mayor's race coming up, a Lawrence mayor's race coming up. You've got a Lawrence and Methuen city council race coming up, board of selectmen race in Methuen. I'm sorry, in North Andover. So we're going to try and have some local uh, guests on, some local candidates, people thinking of running for office. Uh, once this election's over. also want to thank EIS Security, and you can also get your gun training at EIS. Um, go down, tell them that you're a friend of the Valley Patriot. They'll give you the friends and family plan. Uh, Jeff DeFore, candidate for, but we didn't get a chance to talk about Jeff DeFore today. Uh, Jeff DeFore is running for state representative in Andover, North Andover, I believe in Tewksbury. He's running against Tram Wen. Tram Wen, who's really kind of a communist. But she's a nice person, but she's kind of a communist. Um, she believes, she believes you should vote for people who look like you, that we need to have physical representation to have people who look like you. So she's telling, telling everybody on Twitter that, you know, girls should vote for a woman because she looks like you. So I said, okay, I guess I'm going to vote for a white man then. Write down the ticket. I'm going to vote for white men because they look like me and I need someone who looks like me to represent me. Jeff DeFore is running against that nonsense and let's hope that he, he gets in, but he probably won't. It's a tough, it's a tough, um, 
a tough district. Borelli's Deli, we want to thank uh, Borelli's Deli. I'm going to go for my meat platters. Election night, we're going to have a bunch of people over at the house. We're going to get a meat, couple of meat platters from Borelli's. Lenny Mira, state representative candidate in Georgetown, Groveland, Boxford, Newberry, and West Newberry. Clear Path, New England for veterans. They'll be back in a couple of weeks. JG's Ice Cream, right across the street, north end of a car wash. And our new sponsor, who's actually starting next week, we're going to give him a free plug. Who is it? Andover Optical, right? We want to thank Andover Optical for coming on board. Hey, where's Dave? Dave, did you ever think we'd have this many advertisements on the podcast? I don't think we have this many in the Valley Patriot. All right, please. Whatever you do, if you're an informed voter, please vote. If you're not an informed voter, please don't vote. That's all I'm going to say. And we'll be back on Thursday to recap what did happen if we have a winner. And I actually think we are. I think, it, I think whoever wins is going to run the table. I don't think it's going to be close. I think the, the media is wrong as they were in 2016. So, thank you to Peasleys and Kane. I want to thank our studio audience. So, show everybody that you hear, studio audience. We actually have a studio audience today. We're not used to that. All right, Melvin Taylor says we got to go home, so go home already. Right to the post, brother. Meet me at the Worthing House and I'll save a seat for you. At the altar where old sorrows go to die. Can't let me in here and some money for beer just like you always do. And I'll tell you, you're the greatest friend alive. And we'll carry on like brothers, even though we know it's a lie. The views and opinions expressed by the hosts, guests, or callers of this program do not necessarily reflect the opinions of the Studio 21 Podcast Cafe, the United Podcast Network, its partners or affiliates.